Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. significant specifics of anything other than the fact that we are now going to segue our way through each and every episode like we usually do. And today we're going to talk about various subjects that may or may not have been on the agenda at any given time prior to this particular episode. And I want to bring something up very first off, and that was an episode of Orville, not the last one but the one prior to that, because it sparked a conversation with the wife that I found absolutely hilarious and totally non-equalitative. Now, this is the wife speaking, Heather, and I could technically relate to the last one, too, because they did do it in the last one. Well, yes, because he was a robot, and we'll get to that point. But me and the wife were watching the episode where Bordas of the Orville gets addicted to porn, and gives the entire ship's computer a porn virus. That was two episodes ago. You're missing the one where Bordas got the Freddie Mercury mustache. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. (laughs) I actually actually kind of referred to that as Bordas Reynolds. (laughs) Bordas Reynolds, I think, was the better meme out of that. I will Oh, okay. If they were have has actually photoshopped the Bohemian Rhapsody poster to have Bordas's head on it, and it just says silence on it. <laughs> now, if they were going to have the Bordas Reynolds, they needed to have the Lonnie Anderson too. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah. Well, that well that could be um, that could be his partner, right? That could be his yeah. partner. Oh man. So that could be Clyden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about. The fact that if we had holographic technology, much like onto Star Trek The Next Generation and the Orville. And Deep Space Nine. And Deep Space Nine. Star Trek genre, basically. Excuse me. They also did a little holographic crap in Enterprise, if you anybody ever watched that. I did. I don't count that as canon. You can't prove it otherwise. I don't give a rat's ass. You're wrong. That's fine. (laughs) And I will gladly be wrong, sir. And I asked the wife, I was like, so, if I had that, would it be a problem for me to go into my holographic room and surf porn? And she said, yes, that would be cheating. And I'm like, how? That's like saying a dildo is cheating. 
Now, granted, my wife thinks sex toys are disgusting as a whole anyway. I didn't say but that. But still, <laughs> how would a holographic simulation be cheating on your spouse? It's, it literally is a mechanical device helping you along. I think it's because uh, the... Uh the boundary of it being a you're you thinking it's a real person and possibly even developing an emotional attachment. That's the thing. If a girl uses a vibrator, we don't become emotionally attached to the vibrator. I disagree with that because I have heard many women refer to their Bob as the love of their life. I, I've never heard of this, <laughs> but um, I, I, I I have never experienced this. But with something with simulation, I mean, that's no different than meeting someone on the Internet. You know, I mean, if it, it, it's that real, like the simulator, you could become attached. Just kind of like in the latest episode of the Orville where the doctor becomes attached to Isaac the robot. I mean, it, it's once you can develop that emotional attachment, that's when it gets, uh, gets kind of weird. Yeah, but see, Isaac is also so kind of relatable to a battery-operated boyfriend. Yes, <laughs> but, but it, it's the attachment. You know, that's where the that's where the issue. It's whenever your um, attention strays away from your partner in a way that makes your partner feel neglected. That that's the issue. I, I don't. I, I have a different view because if I had a simulator, I could go into. Me and my wife would never argue again. I, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, possibly, possibly, I, I'm going to say possibly about how much time I'm spending in the simulator. Uh, <laughs> my question. What happened? So, this is kind of like more of a specific de kind of detail is where does it all go when it's done? Like, does it get on the floor? Does oh, it somewhere? Yeah, who has to clean up that room afterwards? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right, that was just like my thought. I was like, who cleaned that up? Hey, can I play something out? Can I play something out? Really quick? porn is very extravagant. I just have to say that. Because what, porn? Yeah, it's Mocklin porn. That whole lakeside scene at the very end. That whole black market porn thing, I will admit if he was going to pay money for porn, he bought top grade shit, man. Right. No, that was top tier. Virus. Well, I mean, the I detail, though, was pretty amazing. You have to think was, about it from that angle. The production value. I love the fact <laughs> that they did the virus thing because it was because that is exactly what happens when you're usually using porn on your computer. I have never gotten a porn virus. I still think never that my favorite quote that I did. All of my computer records are clean. I still think that the greatest, greatest quote in that episode had nothing to do with the porn, but it was really early on at the beginning of it where the captain just looks at both of them and goes, you know, for one, I would just like to run a normal ship with a normal crew, but no, things have to get all stabby. <laughs> it's sticky. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, I really love that. Or I should say voice. No, that's because that's when Vortis's partner stabbed him to divorce him. Yeah. And what a divorce, I have to say, you know. So that's a part for real. What do you think of the new chick that replaces the uh, security officer? 
I have some thoughts on that that I was going to get into. I appreciate the fact that, honestly, I think this was one of those casting decisions where since they went for another select, I think there clearly are some scripts in season two and her and the original actress leaving the show wasn't their idea entirely. But I like that's not true. I looked it up. Really? Yeah. Because I wanted to know why she was leaving. She and they chose back. They chose another Salan on purpose because there is going to be some stuff that's happening in the show that they weren't willing to release that information because the reason she had to leave was that she was having scheduling conflict because she has been in so many other shows lately that it was hard for her to meet her, her uh, casting or filming deadlines. And so that's what I was getting at. That, that where there was clearly had, a plot, where there was clearly a plot line they were going with that they hadn't addressed, so they needed another Solan. Yeah, which they would have gone through all that trouble to create the solution for the anti gravity and all that jazz if there wasn't some reasoning behind it. Actually, well, part of it is is that before season two started filming, they knew she was going to be leaving. Uh, her her difficulties began in season one. So they knew she was going to be going in season two. So they came up with another story that's going to include her and the new girl with uh, the original security chief playing the guest star. Huh. They weren't willing, they weren't willing to give out any hints about it. I don't dislike the new girl. Um, I like the old one better. But so far, I don't dislike the new one. So like her, at, something about her attitude or the way that she's like the whatever girl kind of makes me, I don't yeah, know. It's a, little, it's a little too much. I feel like the other one was more relatable and sweet and kind. Yeah. This one's this not one really such an attitude feels misplaced among, among the crew a little. I, I actually like her because I, the way that, like in the episode where they land on the, the planet and they're doing the first contact. The guy reaches over and says, "Open your mouth to Captain the uh, the Captain because he wants to take the two sample." And he's like, "Why?" And he goes to grab the Captain, and she just grabs him, throws him up against the wall, and displays that super strength. And I was like, "Yes, well, that's what it should be well, doing. Well, that's I, what should well, be happening." I was a little nervous we were going to get stuck with Patrick. Warburton for the rest oh, of the season. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, no. That, no. <laughs> He's a great actor. He He's is. a great actor, but that role was so bad. It was too over the top for the Orville. It, it, was, it was too family guy. I, I will agree. If he had played Nicket, that would have been one oh, thing yeah, because he was amazing as Lenny Snip. But that character. But the character they had him play was to Seth MacFarlane for a Seth MacFarlane show. Right. I would have loved to see him do something more like Brock Sampson. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have been to see that, yeah. <laughs> so my friends are actually cool, you know, doing the whole breaking them up to the wall. That was fine. It was just her whole other attitude, her off kind of stuff towards things that made me feel kind of off. And I really don't like her hairdo. It, oh, yeah, it kind of makes her feel, uh, feel, I don't know, her hairdo doesn't work for her. 
Yeah, the the the, the side ponytail thing. No, that's, that's like the the least you know big deal for me. That that doesn't really matter to me. But the character anyway. how she flows with the the rest of the crew. She feels out of place. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll take it. She's it livable. Yeah. That could be true. Character was not livable. And it may take a few episodes before we she actually gets you know, accustomed to it. They may be all you know, her really haven't had much of an introduction. Her introduction, if I'm remembering right, her introduction was that first contact episode. And it was pretty much like, here she is. Like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, they may be doing it on purpose. Yeah, they might be doing that on purpose. They may be too. pulling the, you know, like they did with Commander Worf and DS9, they may be pulling a an out-of-place character trying to find her place in a new environment kind of thing. They might be yeah. trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more yeah. The only difference is with Warp with the Space Nine, he was uh, slowly inserted, whereas she wasn't, so maybe she was slowly more inserted. Maybe it was, you know, as Jason mentioned, she just kind of automatically appeared. Because if you read the articles, yes, we already knew that based off the article, she was to play, but they just kind of abruptly showed her showed up at a uh, at their office, you know, telling her all her stuff. There's no real like, you know, fully uh, transition to her. If that makes sense. yeah, yes. Well, well, I mean, I don't really feel like that's. It, the, the, she might need to grow into the character too, oh, because it, she may have not gotten the chance to um, practice the character. Like you guys see with the other characters, before they filmed it, they probably had a couple of months of doing a uh, uh, a script run and uh, read it together and develop the character. She didn't really get that. She just kind of thrown in. So she might have to develop her character. Um, yeah. They don't know what they want to do with her yet. Maybe they're making it up as they go along. And, and I'm going to have to, while I think the Orville is a good show by and large, I do have to bring up a criticism with the episode that we're specifically talking about in the first contact. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you ask these people that you're doing first contact with, is there anything we should be aware of that would totally offend you? I mean, you go to travel to, I mean, here in, in America, you go to the airport and say, I want a ticket to Saudi Arabia. They're like, have you seen the class or have you seen the film where they explain to you, you don't walk up and offer your left hand to somebody to shake their hand. You don't give a thumbs up symbol to people over there. They find those things offensive. Right. Okay. Right. Right. And I, so, I, I, I kind of feel like if you're such an advanced culture that's met so many other cultures, you would understand that you need to be doing some investigation before. Yeah, you need to be sitting and, you know, and they did play it up that they've been in orbit for a couple of weeks before they went down. It's like, okay, in that couple of weeks, don't you think that, yeah, anybody born on this birthday better not set foot on our planet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, there, there was one failing with the episode that I picked up on that really wasn't ever quite addressed, where Kendra came in in the middle of this episode, so we missed like the first five, ten minutes of it, where they mentioned it at the beginning when they send out the signal, when they're all like deciding what to do, they're like, they'll never know what it's really for. 
and the only thing they ever really hit at is that the satellites were being used. I wish they would have gone more with it because they were kind of hinting at the satellites were being used as a way to basically predict people's birth signs in a way. Yeah. They, like, they never really touched on that other than the fact it went to, okay, I guess Jilliacs are bad. Now, here's another thing that, that you've got that, that they totally failed. Okay, and I'm totally going to be like, I, I, I do this with stuff. That I have to pick it up. It's like astronomy, and or rather astrology, I should say, is from the perspective point that you are charting the stars. This is so true. Somebody's so the fact birthday, that these other people were from a different planet exactly. totally astrology off. Because astrology exactly. is based upon the planet you're born on. Exactly. So, like, so like, let's say in the future humans went to Mars and colonized Mars. Well, they would have to figure out what Earth's, and Earth's uh, planet would mean. Yeah. You wouldn't take yeah. Mars into consideration because you'd that be was, on Mars. That was something else where I got where I'm going. Like, and, they and they also went from zero to 9,000 on it really quickly because after they said happy birthday, I get they were going for shock value, but realistically, I think any leader worth like two cents would have gone, okay, they really don't know anything because they're not from here. Maybe we shouldn't immediately imprison these two people for the rest of their natural life. That was my problem. I was like, well, wait a minute. I get, so I got that, yeah, these guys can be born on the wrong day or the wrong month. month. But you don't take people who have way better, way more technology than you do, who is from space, and port them to a concentrated camp. Well, I'm sorry, you don't do that. You just ship them back. Yeah, that's it. Why don't you just ask them to get on their ship and leave? Why would you yeah. go all that hassle? Go and the fuck away. We don't want to talk to you anymore. I mean, Douglas Adams nailed. Douglas Adams nailed this particular concept in like the early 1990s with um, his last book, which, you know, the Grebulons essentially kidnapped an alternate version of Trisha McMillan so that she could rewrite their astrology from the point of Pluto. So, I mean, Orville, man, if you're going to do sci-fi stuff, check your facts. Uh, also, sorry, go ahead, Kendra. Okay, also, but also, too, when they said, oh, well, we can't just yank them out because first directive and all that, and I'm like, well, why don't you just make it, oh, no, 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 it was the guy at the, the, the leader guy, he's like, well, we can't just let them go, yeah, because it was based why would, you know, you know, what would that do, you know, people would riot, I'm like, all you got, no one knows who's in that prison, all you got to do is just shuffle them out at night, no one would ever know, they, who cares? What's the big deal? No one has to know they left. Yeah, get them out of there. Right. Also, oh, go ahead. uh, There was one more thing that I had issues with. So, in the show, they kind of did two things. In the show, they had specified that they had studies that showed that people born on this month was aggressive in some fashion or another, and was the most that caused issue. But later in the episode, they said, they found out that this particular star died out, and that's why they considered it bad. Putting something back to replace it should not, ha- should actually not have corrected it, because if their studies showed 
differently. I'll I'll argue with you on that point because also, too, they asked more information and the leader did not want to respond about it. I think he just didn't want to talk about it. Um, And they were using the study more as a excuse rather than it actually being a real thing. You see, what I thought the whole twist with it was the leader guy had been lying about his birthday the whole time and he was actually well that would have been cool yeah that would have been cool i actually expected that but what what what, the whole episode it was the the whole thing like five minutes he wrapped up in two minutes i where it was really kind of a slap together ending where oh we just put this thing in the sky but at least they had enough sense at the very end of it to go so what's going to happen when they figure out we put a giant solar sail in the middle of the sky? Because they're going to figure that out. And he goes, and eh, we'll handle it later. Well, he's like, oh, yeah, we did just lie to, like, millions of people and to a yeah. first contract, contact uh, culture. I'm like, how is that not against the, the prime directive? Like, how? Like, but then again, also, as I was telling her, if anybody's a fan of The Good Place here, yes. and the fact that Ted Danson was in it, does mean, and I apologize if anyone's not seen this, this means that Ed Mercer's personal bad place is being run by Ted Danson, and all of this is in the same continuity as the good place. Therefore, the entire episode makes complete sense, because he's in hell. <laughs> um, now, keep in mind that our stuff, like us personally, reality-wise, outside of the TV show, a lot of stuff hasn't based off a lie, hasn't based off a lie. So I could definitely see the off there and into some kind of fashion meeting with the other people is to create that new star. So I see that part and I do see that yeah it's going to be really screwed up and fucked up later when they find out but that could be years years so but yeah. you know yeah, that, that, would, that would be kind of one of those earth shaking things where we would like it'd be like if humans found out the moon was made by aliens or something. The, okay. moon, the moon landing was all faked by Stanley and all those no, conspiracy theories. Here's another thing, though, about... Yeah. That is a theory. I know. I mean, you're in a first-contact situation with a new society, and it took years for their signal to actually get somewhere. And that's why you have shown up and are talking. They've kidnapped a couple of your people fine, do the commando raid, get your people back, get them back up in the space, say, we don't want to talk to you no more, and leave. Honestly, who are they going to complain to? That's true, too. They do I, have the big satellite. The only thing I could see was I get their point behind one wants to make first contact, because if the krill had gotten a hold of it, it probably would not have been pretty. The krill well, would have turned them into slaves and, you know, well, took all the resources anyway. of their planet. But they could at least be aware that the krill exists. That was the point. If these guys look like Greenland, not friendly, they will just enslave and kill you. And you gotta also remember that they wanted to save as much of the contact as possible, so trying to not do the whole going involved, you know, chopping or whatever. Doing that, they could always they could always try wait, to again come back later. Wait, you just said something that I have to pick up on here. Why is it always ball chopping with women here? Honestly, <laughs> why is that? I mean, I was, yes, I was trying everybody, to do well to the wall, the wall but it out. doesn't matter. It's just like, <laughs> think about other things. It's always like, you know, 
when the women come in, it's like, even on TV, it's like, all right, we're going to go up against the guys. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to take them down. How do you plan on doing that? We're going to kick them in the balls. Why is it always kicking us in the balls? Or, you know, mousetraps on your naughty bit. I mean, what is Because it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because you've never felt that pain, let me tell you. In front of you guys last year. Because it's funny. Well, I was thinking, yeah, because, like, if YouTube's taught us anything, a kick to the balls are pretty funny. I have to admit, I love the idea of the last bit of Orville where uh, For- Forrest? Fortis. Fortis. His, uh, his uh, race, they, they kill their mate for divorce. Yeah. That was the one where I was having the quote where it was uh, Ed sitting there going, why does it have to get all stabby? Uh, for the audience, uh, Stateways Files, if you're listening to this, we do apologize. Due to the weather, we could not gather in person and must rely on Discord for our for our recording. Yeah, apparently here in Portland, you get an inch of snow and the world shuts down. Yep. Well, this is going to be a fair bit more than an inch. It's already snowing outside here. You know what? I don't want to hear it because back east, people walk outside just after taking a shower and their hair freezes up. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm originally from I'm Chicago, too. My only concern no, lack of structure here to deal with yeah, the snow. Portland doesn't have the snow piles and, the, and all the stuff that the Midwest has. Like, no, I can deal with a lot of snow. I'm from the Midwest. But if you don't have the proper stuff for the roads, you can't really drive on it the same way as you can in the snow. It has been raining in downtown Portland. There's no snow, so people of downtown Portland be well. I guess they won't begin this until after the snow factor, but um, it has been raining out here, so that's my only fear is that because it's getting cold, we may get more of the ice down here than we are going to get the snow. Up on Reddit, somebody went, what the hell is with this? I, I now feel after 12 hours of shit posting about this, I'm entitled to my snowstorm. Where is my winter wonderland? And somebody went, know, right? it starts with the rain. It always starts with a layer of rain, as is tradition, because we need an ice pack below the rain to make everything extra treacherous. And people, yeah, and this is the second part about being security, since over half of us are working in security. Private <laughs> <laughs> security. You're screwed if you don't get your relief. Well, not just that, but, like, if you can't make it in, like, the security companies are just not, like, they just don't care, because the site cannot go dark. So, like, if you don't show up to work, it could mean freaking job. Like, and that is, that's, that's well, stressful. In a lot of ways, I'm going to say, I know when I was working for the particular company that you work for and uh, Heather works for, <laughs> at least in inclement weather, they do have people to at least shuttle you to and from work that have vehicles appropriate for the but weather. Doesn't that doesn't always work out, though. Something I just thought of. All right, you've heard it here first, folks, on the Segway Files. The brand new app for winter weather only, Snoober. People Snoober. specifically uh. set up to pick you up in blizzard oh, conditions to get you to work. Snoober. It's got to be a thing. Got to be a thing. Okay, I'm sorry the Snoober was funny. I'm sorry. That was, that was a good name. Snoober. Yeah. Snoober. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't quite work well with the other way. With Snick, that one would kind of be something you'd hear on a porn site or something. 
And... So the other, so uh, totally off our our top, but he be so. Uh, my office, the office manager at Mozilla that Kendra and I work at, said uh, up to snuff, means stuff that we were working with PPP on, which is Portland Pedal Power, and we're like, you know, where did that term came from? I started looking it up and remembered that snuff used to be what people used to call in the 1600s when they're sniffing drugs up their nose. Huh. And it was considered extinguished and, and very exquisite and high quality when you're, snuff, when you're snuffing. Yes. So if you're up to snuff, you're high quality. So another phrase we used that was related to drugs. So I had a question for you all what other stuff you're into, and I kind of defeat the point of no one else really pays attention to it other than me here. Anyone else been watching Brooklyn Nine? Nope. You're on your own. Though I did some scary, it's a fantastic show, and actually, Heather, that's kind of a little bit humanity. Appreciate, like, three quarters of the humor in it. <laughs> I, I did actually see Terry Crews on a YouTube show Terry called Hot Ones, where the guests of the show eat progressive ten hot wings, and they each eat progressively oh, hotter yeah. wings. As oh, that was on Hot Ones, wasn't it? Yeah. Where he actually yeah. says that he's hallucinating when he gets up there into the hundred hundred thousand scoble <laughs> hotness. And he talked a little bit about uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and some of the other stuff that he's done uh, coming from being a football player. But yeah, that show's pretty funny if you check it out. The only really interesting two I've seen are the ones with uh, Gordon Ramsay and the other one they had the guy who did good to do it. Oh, yeah, uh, Alton Brown. They had Alton Brown do it. it and was that was good. fantastic. All, he, Alton didn't seem to have any trouble at all. That was, that was hilarious. He was just casually eating like the hottest one. That's okay. Oh, no, the one you really want to see is... In like 2016, one of their early episodes where they had Tommy Chong on the show, and he I literally say, I was going to either guess it was the one with Tommy Chong or I don't know yet, but Joe Rogan probably no, one with Tommy Chong. He literally he sucked the meat off of each and every single one of those hot ones, and he was like, "Yeah, man, this this is, he was he was promoting his his new uh, cannabis line called Chong's Choice." He's like. Yeah, I think, man, the Chunk's Choice has given me some protection against this heat. And he just cleaned the meat off of every single one of those hot wings. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like that was a total stoner munchy moment for him. Yeah. It was beautiful and hilarious. I got to do Pixel 3, and I have a love-hate relationship with it. Uh, this is just a review, so I don't know who else. I don't think... I, I, I think I'm the only one with the Google Pixel. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah, well. Oh, okay. You guys need to get off the channel now. We can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> you need to go away. That's that's just it. I know. Oh. And it's funny too because I'm I'm the only one out of work. I think at the uh, reception desk to have an Android phone. Everybody. Is, is everyone else? I, I don't think, think so. so. No, I don't think so. Now John ah. has one. I think. Wyman or Justin, I think, has one, too. Wyman has a... I think Justin has the Android 
You can tell if they have iMessage or not. I know Wyman, he has iMessage. Um, anyways, the love and hate relationship is, I do like the Google Pixel because it is taking really nice pictures like it's supposed to. I do like the Google Assistant way better on the Google Pixel than me trying to use it on my Android phone. It works really great. I love that I can just tell it to set an alarm and it'll set an alarm. I've been able to call my husband while I was on lock screen. My two hates is the first one, I don't like where the fingerprint is. It's on the back. And I have no idea how many times I've accidentally hit it and it will say try. And so the fingerprint is on the back of the phone instead of the front hope where the home button used to be. Yeah, where you kind of actually hold your phone. Right, that would, that would make that would make finger. So my yeah. hands when I try to grab my phone, I have occasionally rub it rub against the fingerprint and Wait, 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 wait. You're rubbing your phone? All right, that's cheating right there. Okay, I'm calling it. That's like simulator, <laughs> battery-operated boyfriend. You're cheating. I'm calling it right now. And it will tell me try again or whatever. So that's the part I don't like because it's annoying. The second thing I don't like is it gives you um, the side that clip that plugs into your phone. Gives it. They gave me a cord with two with both of those ends. Which sucks because over half of my apartment has USB connectors. Yeah. And so it's my truck. It's a dual USB 2 connector rather than a. It's not USB. It's a US. It's a C. USB. Okay, yeah. Because I was going to say, that's what the new iPad. That, well, on one hand, I'm very happy that Apple's moving away from their bullshit proprietary lightning connector. If you're going to do USB-C, at least do USB-3 to USB-C, so I don't have to buy all new adapters. Thank um, you. I, I, wasn't a big deal. I have a question. Does any of a card, a car that has Apple uh, CarPlay or the Google uh, variant? Android Auto. Android Auto. Uh, Google is going to send me a cord as soon as I get my friend, who is the, Google, who is the account manager, to go online. They will send me a cord with a USB. Well, well, what I'm asking is, does anyone have a car with Apple CarPlay or Android Auto? No, I just have a little Bluetooth. I, just... the whole, the only, I used to use um, an Android, and I preferred it, but my phone, we have Android Auto and we have Apple CarPlay, and Apple CarPlay is just far superior than the Android Auto. Like, Android Auto was so buggy for me. I, it was, like, unusable. I had to go to iPhone to even use maps or anything. My only thing is I just can't charge when I'm on the go because I decided to bring my wall charger with me, and I'm like... Hey, Kendra? Yeah. No. You know, if you, you need to get directions and whatnot to where you're going, there, there is this old-timey, ancient form of direction finding. I, I'm aware. I just wanted... It's called a map... You can buy it. She, she, oh, lives with, she lives and sleeps with a directionally challenged human being, so me trying to give her directions is like a hamster running around blind hitting walls. This, this is true. Like, he'll say left and he means right. I'll hold up my right hand and go left, and I'm holding up my left hand right now, and she'll be turning right. Like, like it's just it's just better having my own way to, to visualize. I mean, I can, I can use a map. I really can. It's just, it's more convenient to use... The big screen that's in our car. 
But Kendra, I hear you because I no longer let Axel give me directions, regardless if he's reading off of Google Maps. Because every time we drive and he tries to read it, it's not the, oh, you had to turn right, like two blocks back. It's, oh, you have to go right here. And we're, we're. Yeah, he does, Jason does that. Turn here, turn here. And he's like screaming. I'm like, you should have told me like about 100 feet ago. I can't do that. I can't go over three lanes of traffic to to take this turn when you have told me as I am at the turn. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> um. Well, we're so used to you reading our minds that we just figure you've got. Uh, that must be it. Either that, or they, or either that, or they just have the. The three thi- the was it the three things that uh, the other both said sleep eat sex thing of the eating and sex yeah that's the three things and that was Jeff Foxworthy I think you know they say that a guy about about guys but that's only I would say only half true because even okay guys those are like the main things and they're a lot more low-key than women, but men actually have a higher rate of suicide than women because men feel like they have to be that stereotype and be a manly man. So when they do have emotional problems, they don't have an outlet. Men have a wider range of emotions, just like women. They just don't know how to express them because we live in a culture that does not allow them to express them. Well, you know, you had me okay right up into a point there but I'm, I'm going to bring something up now it's like it, it's not sleep eat and sex anymore because it used to be sleep if the woman says hey I want sex the guy's like oh yeah 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 do it now wake up I'm awake uh, it's like right in the middle of dinner woman says hey let's have sex yeah yeah let's go let's go sex put the food away I'll eat it afterwards all right done now it's like sleep eat gaming and then sex and then it's the sleep, oh, wake up the husband, have sex. Oh, no, I was doing the And then eating, like, no, I'm eating. And then I got to get back to my game. No, and it's like gaming in the middle of game. You want me to, no, my character will die. No, I can't. You'll kill my character. No, stop that. Quit messing with my pants. I mean, that, that's nothing really new. I mean, gaming is just the geeky version of being a sports fan. It's the same thing. Yes, I know, but sex isn't the priority anymore is what I'm getting at. Well, that's yeah. just because we're getting older and it's not as fun and it's not as cool because it's not as, um, it's not so much taboo. Things that are sexy are sexy because they're taboo. When yeah. you can have it all the time and porn is everywhere, it loses its allure. It's just like anything else when you get too much of it. I, I have been forbidden to say anything. Now, uh, I have noticed a few Eve online people who have stressed a couple of times that is, their characters wind up dying because they were in the uh, search of pleasure while trying to play the game at the same time. With oh, yeah. Significant other. I, had, I had an ex who... Uh, he used to be a huge World of Warcraft fan, and uh, one time I tried to underneath the desk to give him some fun 
I thought it would be a cool thing, right? I mean, what guy wouldn't like that? He literally pushed me away and said, you really need a hobby. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. He and I broke up about a month after that. I was going to say, if you didn't say, if he said you need to get a hobby and you say something like, then you need to be getting a new girlfriend, um, <laughs> right after that, it'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. A uh, few years back when I did World of Warcraft, and Kendra knows this, that it's very rare. Well, everybody should know that when you're gaming on, it is occasionally... Um, not as up. It is rare to have a woman be a woman playing a woman character in the game. Oh yes, itself. MMORPG stands for Many Men Online. <laughs> and there's been a couple of times where <laughs> some of accurate. the some of the uh, other players would be like, "You're a girl. You're an actual girl playing a girl." I'm like, yes. Are you engaged, married, single? I'm like, no. I'm happily married. And they're <laughs> like, like, damn. damn. Yeah. Or they, or they go back to the old trope that has now been given a new name. They go, the nudes! <laughs> Who is yeah. your kid? Yeah. You want my dick pic? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You need, to, you need to remember one thing. They never ask to send no. those. No, they, they just send them to you. If someone who's used Grinder before, even as a dude when you're in that community, you get way more wang than you ever want to see in your entire life, solicited or not. <laughs> yeah, gamer girls are prime equity stock, let me tell you. Well, yeah, probably sells them. Probably won't like it, but... We have another guest star right now. Oh, the other kitten. The other kitten is here. She decided she wanted to cuddle up. Oh, Princess Hannah. You want to say hi? Say hi, Hannah. Go, Mary. <laughs> nope, she's content. She's content. <laughs> she meows like a kitten, but she's she's getting to be middle eight. Oh, middle. she looks offended. Oh, sorry. I mean, you're a princess, and you always will be. <laughs> 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 Remember those words for later and say them to Kendra. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was also on our list of stuff to talk about? Uh, I was going to talk about the show Project Blue Book because that show was amazing. <laughs> um, I haven't watched it yet. I've, I've been hesitant to watch. It's good, but don't expect it to be very historically accurate. Well, I was thinking it was along the lines of, like, X-Files 1947. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. X-Files yeah. 1947. If you like Littlefinger and Game of Thrones, love it. I have not seen Game of Thrones at all. I, actually, I haven't either. I just don't see the appeal of it. But the project is really great. It does have a very uh, X-Files feel because one character is very much the uh, I believe something's going on where the other character's like, you're fucking crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, very um, much a Mulder in a Scully in it. Right, right. Um, but there clearly is something going on, but they, they haven't... It, it's a new enough show that we don't know exactly what actually is going on. They do, at the end of the episode, give you uh, pictures, and they tell you a little bit of what the episode was based upon, like an actual file. But you can tell there's some heavy, heavy artistic well, license taken with this. Oh, I, bet. Well, I mean, Robert Zemeckis is the one who created or was the executive 
producer on it. So I mean, you know, I bet there's what also heavy Back to the Future. Oh, cool. Oh, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> Back to the Future, a whole, all, basically every cheesy 80s and 90s sci-fi movie that was amazing and wonderful. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I, I hope I don't spoil anything for anyone, but there's this one character who's like reoccurring, who's like crazy, who's chasing after the guy at the airport. And, and uh, Was the, it the dude from the first episode who heard the music? Yeah, that guy. That guy keeps following him around? Yeah, the guy keeps following him around. Sorry, you, you'll you get it when you see it. But, but okay, I see that there, there's actually a Back to the Future reference because he keeps seeing this symbol, and it looks like the flux capacitor because it has the little like, <laughs> light symbol thing, mm-hmm. and he holds the, the car up and goes, what does this symbol mean? And the guy douses himself in gasoline and burns himself. Turns <laughs> off, turns no, off. that's based off another file. Oh, that is based <laughs> yeah. off a file? That's based but off another file. But it looks just file. like the flux capacitor. Uh-huh. But apparently it was an off switch. Like, he, if he sees a symbol, he's to kill himself. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the Illuminati, but that's just me. <laughs> well, it kind of That one, I think... They're taking some apocryphal stuff from Project MKUltra into it. Oh, really? Because I think that's an MKUltra thing, if I remember right, because everyone's program, everyone was allegedly programmed with a kill switch in MKUltra. Oh, really? That's why they had all the big scary men give them the injection. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. But um, there's since we pretty the whole thing that sees a UFO and at the very end of it the government kidnaps him and injects him something and then apparently he's a recurring character in the rest of the show. So okay, <laughs> that's definitely an interesting one uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's um, on the History Channel. You can check that out on the History Channel's app. Uh, Either find that through, um, or sign it in through like Comcast or FiOS or even uh, DirecTV yeah, now. It's it. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. Okay, it is. I'm actually gonna. Not to mention, I just love the guy who plays the the, the Scully character. Amazingly, the guy, the, the Aiden guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, that's the that's the guy who plays Little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that guy. And it, it, for, a little, for a little bit, I was like trying to figure out. He seems to be in a lot of sci-fi stuff related to crazy things. He's played voice actor and mocap model for the main villain in the game from about four years ago. Five, coming up on five now, called Quantum. Hmm. Which is another good game if you're yeah. into sci-fi. Yeah. What like it's highly underrated. It was it's a game about meets up with his old buddy who's doing this startup where he's dealing with quantum mechanics, and he figures out the guy invented a time machine and he breaks time on accident. So the whole game is you and this other guy fighting each other for some odd reason because they figure you know they're like the whole point of it is you're trying to figure out why time broke. But it's very cool because it's a it's an adventure game. So it isn't so much of a shooty, shooty, stabby, stabby game, and so much of a very story-driven game. It's and very, very story-driven. Beautiful. As far as myself being an artist, that game is so beautiful. And the mechanics behind it, from a mechanical standpoint, are really interesting because if you get into a situation where you die, you don't. There's no death in the game. You can actually just pause time itself and rewind different elements of the level to get through puzzles. Oh, yeah, you, you can see the actual tree. Yeah, so what ends up, no, that's, 
that's not the game you're thinking of. The game you're thinking of is um, Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah. Detroit, Detroit Become Human is that one. And that one's another good one. But the Quantum Break, say, for example, you're in a room and there's a puzzle where there's a wall on fire, but you can't, but you, the obstacle you need to get to is on the other end of it. The mechanic with it is is you can individually pause that the objects on that wall that are on fire, like the Time Stone in the Avengers. It back to before it was on fire and move it out of the way. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Anybody been playing any decent video games lately? I've been playing Skyrim. I have decided, I guess, I guess, somebody needs to talk about this for God's sakes. Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh boy. <laughs> Okay, so first off, everyone's been telling me for a very long time my son really wanting to get into it about a month before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. I, I have to, I I have to point out for anyone who's never played a Kingdom Hearts game, don't start with 3. It'll give you a headache. I, I have to pause you here real quick. Um, I don't know if you're coming through on Ryan's side okay. But you keep cutting out on our side, so I don't know if everything you're saying is going through to the report. Ryan, do you have a report on this? Some of, some of the audio keeps phasing in and out on my end too, but it, it's kind of it, it, it kind of comes in and out. But it's check you can, no, you can, and you need to check it on that end. You can and still, this happens more on Jason's when Jason talks, which I think it's because he talks really super. And because I know Kendra doesn't cut out as much, and she doesn't, but she doesn't talk as fast as Jason does. Um, so. I'm getting. Um, it might actually be my second here. Like right there. Oh, geez, play the technical. Of uh, play the technical difficulty. Um, there. I am unfortunately stuck on a wireless connection, and due to the fact that there are three people heavily using data right right now, my connection keeps. So, but anyway, back to the point on Kingdom Hearts 3. If you're thinking about getting into it, honestly, if you really like watching a video game, it's fun. But I've played about two hours of it altogether, and I've maybe had about half an hour of actual gameplay. <laughs> that's my that that's the only real detractor I see in it. And the storyline, if you're new to the Kingdom Hearts series like I was, apparently the third game is not the third game. It's the 12th. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't play... I know I know which game you're talking about, but I don't play Kingdom... I did not play Kingdom Hearts, so... I've never played Kingdom Hearts, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one that I've been getting into that I know Ryan's been talking about a little bit is my friend... My friend got it for me, and I've played about four hours of it so far, about, about, for me, about a good half of the game. The remake of Resident Evil 2 is fantastic. Like, honestly, hands down, if they're going to remake a game, that one was, you know, changed a dang thing in what they remade with it. Yeah. It is terrifying and wonderful and amazing. One thing I kind of like about the fact that they've been uh, re-putting out the Resident Evil games is that, I mean, not only are they kind of uh, reopening 
the wound to a new audience and trying to keep people from playing evil within. Uh, <laughs> at least that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm gathering. Uh, is that we're able to kind of revisit some of these old games. Uh, like, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to Nemesis getting released. Uh, Resident Nemesis, honestly, if they remake Nemesis, that's a day. Nemesis, and, they, and the only problem was at the time, you can tell where they went with the story, but it won't hold up if they just re-release it. They need to remaster it the same way they did, too. Remaster it the same way they did, too. It'll be fantastic and terrifying. Yeah, at least that would be like, there are legitimate moments in Resident Evil lights off playing it, and that's oh, something really? really rare for me because, oh. because like, there are moments, like, like that character I was talking about with you, Mr. X, the giant, um, uh, he's called Tyrant. Yeah. And he'll walk around, and yeah, we made jokes about how there's a mod out now that'll let, you know, since his name is Mr. X, somebody modded in for his theme, X is going to give it to you by DMX. <laughs> but, um, honestly, he's one of the most interesting aspects of the game, because he was always in the original, but he was terrifying. Now you have all of these mission objectives, but around the corner, all of a sudden through a wall, you can just have this eight-foot-tall meat wall that's an unstoppable juggernaut just lock eyes with you and not stop following you for the rest of the level. Oh. <laughs> like, out of the corner of your eye, you see him Shia LaBeouf kind of moment. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I think they need to... Uh, I think they find that they do really great with beat, but with, like, sometimes with the script and a lot of times with a lot of the CGI stuff, and I sometimes feel like they kind of stop when they do the movie. There are some movies where I kind of feel like they need to grab the people from the game. And yeah. Oh, oh, the Resident Evil movies are a great example of that. The Resident Evil movies are trash. The likeful can be trash, but nothing like the actual video. Actually, the first Resident Evil movie was actually good. Yeah. The rest of them after that were a joke. Animated ones are pretty good. I'll give it that. I haven't seen any of the animated ones. The animated ones follow Leon. That doesn't tell me anything. I'm okay. not a fan. There's another character that's introduced in two. They don't follow um, Mia Jovovich's character. They follow... Um, there's a sheriff in Raccoon City because Resident Evil 1 follows roughly the same plot. The movie follows roughly the same plot as the game. Where it's... You know, that one chick trying to stop the virus from getting Resident Evil 2 is basically Resident Evil 1 retold from the perspective of someone named, uh, he's a cop from Raccoon City named Leon. He goes into the town and realizes really quickly, like it's his second day on the job, that the virus had already gotten out, and then it explains why they had to nuke the city. Yeah, okay. So, the, the, and his plot line continues on through Resident Evil 2, 4, 5, 6, and 7, or 2, 4, and 5, and I think they're going to bring him back in. But um, in the cartoons, in the cartoon anime, because I'm not going to... American. That's yeah. just a yeah. thing that I do. Like, they're done in anime style, but they're not, not really anime. anime. Um, they follow the plot line of the video games fairly well. Anime. But they follow the style fairly well. I, I really appreciate how they do it in there. The problem with the 
series is, as you said, Axel, the first one is amazing. First one's great. Second one and on are garbage. Yeah, they're junk. They're just junk. The way about what's going on with uh, Vic Mondon or whatever his last name Vic is. Vic About that? What? Vic, Vic Manana is a very famous, very, or was, very sought-after voice actor. Oh, uh, yeah. Best, he, 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 known for, best known for Full Metal Alchemist, but he was he's in a ton of different yeah. stuff. He was in recently, and he just got fired as Crow in Ruby. Yeah, he was doing Ruby. He got fired as Crow. He's been asked to not attend certain uh, anime conventions now because uh, reports of him being inappropriate with fans at conventions have And apparently there have been photos and here actually did declare that he had seen him being very friendly to some of the females when he was there. When I, when Vic was at uh, KimuraCon here in Portland, I went to his panel. This was like a couple years ago. And he took, like, like the celebs do, he took questions from the audience. 90% of who he chose to take questions from in the audience were girls and young women. Okay. Um, and I had my hand the entire panel trying to, I even stood up at one point and he locked eyes with me and chose a young woman to his right to, for his next question. So, and I don't know if he was snubbing me or just looking, big fat guy standing up with his hand up. Uh, well, Matt, you're a dude, I wanna ask you a question. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm at the panel, I figure I might well yeah. ask a question, why not? Yeah, um, but, and apparently this is, uh, from what I understood, because I mentioned to other people at uh, the other conventions that we've gone to. And they said, oh yeah, he's always like that. He usually will always pick a lot of women out of the audience and only pick one or two guys so that it's not obvious he's only picking women. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it was too obvious. Well, apparently it was too obvious because there's a lot of reports of him and it, it's not like it's not like that rash of you know right after Bill Cosby got hit and then all of the, the Me Too movement started all the women that like Henry Weinstein all of these people you know you know, all of these guys were you know doing bad things to women it's like yeah they raped you know grabbed my grabbed my whatnot stuff like that no for Vic it was just it was well he reached in and. He, Gave me a hug because I asked him for a hug, and then he kissed my. And then the crowd went wild. And then, or when he reached in to give me a hug, he put his hand on the inside of my hoodie and touched my side. And then it was just all of that, just borderline. It's borderline. All of it, everything that was reported, except for one, where he apparently told a famous cosplay gal. Uh, or a well-renowned cosplay gal that uh, responded, said something about her incident with being raped by another celebrity at another convention, saying that he could have her too if he wanted. 
that hits me over. John? <laughs> well, see, also, too, with everything that's been happening in Hollywood and all the stuff that's coming out, I imagine they're very, very much on edge, and they don't well, want the liability. Yeah, yeah, no, especially if it's Rooster yeah. running it. Rooster started out as just, like I was telling you earlier, because of that. Rooster Teeth started out as four drunk guys playing Halo. Right. They you really know. can lose everything like that. Right. They're not going to take chances now because they have deals with, like, Michael B. Jordan and David Tennant. Right. They you do know. not want to lose that. So, basically, at this point, true or not, they're just like, nope, get out. Yeah, right. once the accusation comes up, if it was one person, they'd probably shine it on. If it's a couple people, they'd probably shine it on. But when all of these reports show up where a bunch of people say, well, yeah, it was inappropriate. I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> and to my mind, as I thought, I read it, I'm like, oh, man, Vic, that's not cool. But then I had my experience with you, and I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. And then I'm looking at it going, well, the other side of the coin is he's in a group environment. The fans are, like, cheering him on and whatnot. And so he goes up to give somebody a hug, and the fans are like, yeah. And they'll be like, okay, the fans are going, all right, how about a kiss on the cheek? And he kisses on the cheek without asking. The fans go nuts. I'm like, okay, that person may have not wanted to get a kiss on the cheek. Right. But, it's about, it's, it's, all you got to do is ask. Once you, so, you, know, ask, you got to yeah, oh, but that's not my point. Yes, you should have asked. I agree, totally. It's like, hey, can I give you a kiss on the cheek too? Yeah, cool, ask. But he didn't. But it's in the moment where the fans are cheering, where adulation is going on, where the person that you are with is now all involved in that moment of happiness and joy and cheering and everything. And it's like, hey, next step, kiss on the cheek. Okay, let's just do it. You know, it's kind of like in that moment, and I can see that thought process coming across somebody's mind when you're in that moment. You're not thinking step back, say, may I give you a kiss while the crowd is cheering or lean in and whisper in your ear or yell in your ear if I have to to say, hey, can I kiss your cheek? Because you're in that one moment where everybody is making a lot of noise and it's like, well, if I'm going to be right, you know, it, I can see it. I can see it being not offensive or he's not intentionally trying to be offensive because of that moment. But I can see the other side, too, where the woman's like, hey, he should have asked me. I'm like, yeah, he should have. But it's like, and in that moment, it's like, okay, Vic, if more than one person has complained about it, you need to step back. Yeah, right. And that, that's what I see. And that's actually the position that he took. He's like, well, uh, like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't give hugs to my fans anymore. Either. And that's what he's doing. He's like, I'm sorry. Other people have found what I did uncomfortable. I apologize to them. It's not going to happen anymore. Uh, you know, he's, he's pulled the reins. And I'm like, that's the right thing to do. He, he hasn't gone over the step. He hasn't gone over the He has been in that moment and responding to everybody around him to help keep that moment going. Right. And that's kind of how I see it. But, you know, I also have that itch in the back of my head. Going, well... There might be a little more, you know, Vic, why are you always touching the little girls? Why, you know, why aren't you talking to the guys more? And I got that itch in my head as well as the, 
well, he was in the moment with a fan. Like, oh, I don't know. I, you I got some ambivalence with it. From knowing a, a lot, a lot of people, is that from a girl perspective, once you get that itch that something isn't right, I will tell you, ninety-nine percent of the time you're correct. That itch that you're feeling yeah. is almost always correct. If you yeah. get a weird vibe off of someone in that kind of a way, it's usually something to it because a normal person, you can just feel. You can feel relaxed. You can feel it. You don't have those kind of feelings around normal people. That itch is you you knowing that something is not right. Like something doesn't fit normal behavior. Even if you're in that moment, like if I was with a bunch, if I I was in front of a bunch of people and people were cheering and laughing, I wouldn't get like okay. Let's put it this way. Let's say you were with. You were your wife was right next to you. Would you get the impression that you should kiss some girl next to you because people are cheering? It's why you know, like I, if I was in front of a bunch of people, I wouldn't have the inclination to start kissing people See, because you people are cheering. Can't actually take my wife as an example because she was willing to pimp me on to John Barrowman. <laughs> Man, I said ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Well, the other thing that needs to get into this, and just for fair disclosure, me and Kendra are in a, fair, in a fairly polyamorous relationship. The whole basis of something like that even remotely working is consent. Right. Yeah. Complete honesty. consent now, in honesty. There is something that you guys are not thinking about. When do you have... Now, I don't know if they have... I don't. I have no doubt they don't have, like, trading... Like, you are also going to pack it up, what you not to do at the convention center. However, if you've been working, you know, Vic has been doing this for many years. Nope. You would that hugging a fan, there, you already should know what the do's and don'ts are. And in my head, I'm like, you know better than the tide. You know better than just automatically Well, here's the, what I was getting into. No matter if you're in the moment, you're a well-trained actor who should know better. Well, see, here's the thing. This is this is part of why I have some, you know, some uh, minor conflict in it. Is like the majority of Vic's fan base are girls, young women, and they. Well, no, no, no. Let me let me finish. And oftentimes he is asked, even with his wife sitting right next to him in line, because I, I know I I I had words with somebody who was in line. They will come up and ask him for a hug and kiss. This and happens fine. all the time to him. They're literally giving you consent. I understand. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, I'm taking all of this, the big picture, into consideration when, you know, Vic says, hey, can I get a hug? It's like, okay. He is so often asked for a hug and a kiss. He's so often asked for a hug. He's got the cheering of the crowd going on and egging him on and whatnot. I mean, I can see. I can see that blurring of that line a little bit because of how the fans have come up to him in the past where he wouldn't be in his own head. Well, this isn't a bad thing. I'm not really doing something wrong because this is what happens all the time. It doesn't matter, though, because he's a trained actor. and I know that. If you have as many That's as That's the other he side has, of the coin that I'm having problem with. Yeah, exactly. If it was like someone who's been going there for probably like the first year, Okay, you're gonna about to have a slip up. You're gonna know better. But as a trained actor, you are always constantly being under a microscope. Someone's gonna 
ever, always find something wrong with you. He knows that. If he, well, so if he this doesn't to, even get into trained actor or not. It's human being. You shouldn't yeah. just go around and act yeah. like that. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not about the job. It's not about the vocation or anything like that. It's about pure and simple. That's wrong. Right. Yeah. right. That, that's and not right. And you Okay, like any girl knows, like, okay, let's say some guy messages you and, you know, guys laugh about it because girls would be like, I have a boyfriend right away. But I will say, again, as a woman, 99% of the time, if I don't, if I think in my head, this guy is hitting me and I say, well, I'm not going to say right away I have a boyfriend. I want to see where this goes so I don't be that, you know, every single time I'm right because eventually it comes down to, so are you Every single time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. as a girl, you can feel it. There's a difference between a guy hugging you with your friend and a guy who's hugging you because he's... Now, here's the other thing. Uh, totally different. Well, uh, well, let me say before you go on, like I... Uh, what I will say is, yeah, I think Vic was blurring the line for whatever reason. And, I, you know, I don't think there was malicious intent in his head but I do think the statements that he's made after it all and saying what he's going to do, pulling on the reins and saying, sorry, I'm not going to be handing out hugs and stuff like that anymore. You know, shake my hand, be nice, be polite and things like that. I think he's doing the right thing there. If he wants to keep his, if he wants to, even if it's, even if it's not keep his job and whatnot, it's he, as soon as somebody says, Hey dude, you made me feel uncomfortable. It's like, I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. But here's my question for you, Axel, my love, my darling, my life. If we were at the panel and there was a big one, he decided without my consent to give me a key kiss, no matter where it was, what would you do? Take a picture or a little video of while and as soon as you came back, permission, and he, he said, no, he didn't ask permission, lawsuit, I want my American. <laughs> That's my husband for you. I don't get a punch. Uh, Vic Bundy does not get a punch in the face. He just gets a lawsuit from me. That's right. I want my American dream. Dream anymore is waiting until something goes wrong and suing the shit out of whoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's true. It is. Oh my god! That I don't know why, but every time I think about this, I always go back to with. The people who, there was this woman a long time ago, she spilled coffee on herself and the McDonald's forgot to tell her it was hot, even though it's coffee and you know it's supposed to be freaking hot. Well, there's more to that. There story. is more to that story. Well, yeah. Allow me to ask. There was a couple of them. Well, it, it there was more than one, though. There was it doesn't one matter. That was stupid, but. It, it, it got appealed and it got overturned. She had to give the money. <coughs> Uh, that. There was a lot of misinformation actually yeah. out by the yeah. lawyers. What ended up happening, <clears throat> let me let, let me quote Google. <laughs> so the lady in question was not driving when her coffee was spilled, nor was the car moving. She was the passenger in the car, and the car was stopped in the parking lot. She had the cup between her knees while removing the lid to add cream and sugar, and the cup tipped over and spilled the entire contents on their, on their lap. The coffee was jot just not just hot, but dangerously hot. Corporate policy was to serve it at a temperature that could cause serious burns in seconds. So the, what got her in this case wasn't the fact that it 
spilled, it was the fact that McDonald's had a bad corporate policy to basically serve it at, at temperature to where it hit her skin when she was wearing sweatpants and she suffered third degree burns because of it. It was it, it was like not an isolated thing either. Seven hundred cases of it were reported before it even made like a lawsuit. Yeah. So this, it wasn't one of those cases where it was like, oh, lady was coffee on herself. What a no. This was one of those where everyone. It's kind of like a big game of telephone where once the internet came around, it got spread like wildfire and everything was wrong about it. Plus, also, like it says, the lawyers actually sent out propaganda so people wouldn't like. Making people think. A defense lawyer's job is basically a lawyer's job to win the case for somebody. Right. They're yeah. they're literal professional liars. Right, right. And they wanted to make it seem like this was totally for you know, that was their job. And it worked because people believed that it was a frivolous case when <laughs> And then there was another one where a lady was texting in the mall. And fell into her into a fountain, and then decided to sue the ball because that because that actually got. Out. <laughs> yeah, the video of it happened. That's a legitimate one. That's actually yeah. harassment. Until until I think I heard. I don't. I can't quite. Cause, I'm not 100 sure if it's true, but I did hear that she actually was stealing from a store. This one is used um, when I was training for my security. We had a couple of people who were doing loss prevention, and that case is actually heavily looked at in loss prevention as an example of, of what they would call a bad stop, because you're right. The latent question was stealing stuff, but they hands off in the approach, and someone happened to film the wrong part of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. She was She was running away because she had stolen something and she was texting somebody to get a ride out. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that got out was the clip at the end. Yeah. You didn't see everything that led up to it. Uh, so a lot of people in loss prevention use that as a case why you want to be aware of what's going on around you before you initiate a stop, especially in a... What I find funny is that she decided to sue. I yes, it's a legit reason to sue the company too for the video to go out. But if you just stolen something, do you? At think the same point though, here's the interesting bit about that kind of thing. What'll end up happening is yes, she can win the money, but all the money goes to reparations for the freaking stuff she stole. Yeah. yeah what? Like so, you can the the, the the glory of America, everybody. You can get arrested for murder and sue. You know, you can get arrested for murder. And sue the family of the you know, the people who own the house you murdered someone on because you stubbed your toe on a nail. Yeah. And win. Okay. Yeah. Now, since we have segued into crime, there was one on the news the other day here in for our listeners who aren't in the Portland, Oregon area. There's a store here. It's it's basically kind of like a pawn shop jewelry store called All That Glitter. Is this the one about the? Oh yeah. I brought it up, I get to tell it. So, this young gentleman decided to, young, and, and, and I, I hesitate to say what race or, or religion he was, because I'm trying not to go there, but this young gentleman goes into an all that glitter store and asks to see 
an eleven thousand dollar necklace. It's actually a ring. Oh, it was a ring. This, yeah, it was the ring oh, one. Yeah. It was an eleven thousand dollar ring, and asks to see it and uh, is looking at it. He's also from the security video. He's on a cell phone, so it's kind of like he's talking to somebody on the phone about the ring and trying to decide whether or not he's going to buy it. Then he grabs it from the salesperson, bolts out the store. That's part one. And he's gone. Dude is he's gone. Just, he got away with stealing this $11,000 ring. Yeah. Okay? 24 hours later, 12 miles, he goes to... Another all you all that glitters store to try and sell the ring and pawn it. The 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 part in the male brain that says, oh, I got away with this eleven thousand dollar ring. You know what? I'm gonna pull a dick move and try and sell it back to them. That's the only thought process in my head that makes that work. Unless he forgot <laughs> what store he bought it from. <laughs> or he could be high. You know, yeah, that's the more bigger possibility because, as or I said, he used to work for that chain and no. he, oh, okay, no, no, he didn't work I mean, there's only like four or five stores in the Portland and area, period. I think it was the might have been the badger of the store that was actually helping him, so he instantly knew because he said on the news that, yeah, as soon as the guy gave it to me and I looked at it, I instantly knew what ring it was. Yeah, they, yeah. The manager's like, yeah. I asked him, I asked him uh, where he got. It. He's a friend from Las Vegas, and he's like, oh, that's interesting because we just had one stolen yesterday that looks exactly like it. The guy tried to grab the ring back. The manager kept it from him. The guy was like pissed off, so <laughs> he shoved the computer monitor off the desk and ran out. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> It's like, yeah, dude, I mean, that, yeah, you win this year's Brightest Bulb Award. <laughs> no, I think they would have to do that. that, that I think made the news of my work lately. They need to come up with, you know, if we're doing reality shows, we need to follow the stupid criminals, seriously, or something. That's going to be more entertainment than anything. You know, it, it just proves my theory that stupid should hurt. Each and every time. Stupid really hurt. Unfortunately, if you're stupid, it doesn't hurt as much because you're too stupid to appreciate how bad. Uh, if I was a judge and I saw this, I'd be like, yeah, you're getting the back just because you just played stupid. <laughs> Let's just get you out of society. If I could put you in jail for the rest of your life and get you out of the gene pool, that would be a good Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, the law only lets me put you away for 10 to 15. So <laughs> let's get let's get you out of here to the point that hopefully you will never. <laughs> oh, just yeah. Anyway, so there, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> oh God, good, good extent. Although there's a lot of crime going on lately. Yeah, Portland's crime rate has like shot up this last year right. into this amazingly so. And people in Portland, uh, I don't know what the weather's gonna be like when this came out comes out, but if it's still cold, 
and manageable, and you are in downtown Portland, be warned of trespassers and homeless people. We've actually had our apartment is really close to downtown, so we've actually got some people actually breaking into our part into our not our actual apartment into our building into our actual into building. building itself. And also, if you are out, this is my this is my act with kindness part. Do let any trespassers you see, if they are not violent and nuts and out of their right gore, which nine times out of ten, unfortunately, does seem to be the case lately. Um, there are resources available currently yes. that are running. The warming centers are running 24 hours a day, and a lot of the rescue missions in the downtown area specifically are not turning away anybody. I have a little bit of sympathy in this case still, because I used to be in that specific situation for for fair length of time. And this is the kind of area, the time of year, where it gets really dicey on trying to get a bed. But if you go to any of those shelters, even if it is just a mat in the lobby, they will make sure you are will not freeze to them. They yep. will give you they will give you a hot meal, they will get you off the street for the night, and then from there you need warming centers that are open. And, and on the flip side and not that I'm gonna tell anybody over social media where I live, but if you happen to find out and try and get into my apartment I have various axes and swords that I will apply thoroughly to your head and shoulders if you surprise the fuck out of me when you and, come in. And a very, <laughs> and a very, and a very agitated, very easily agitated, burly uh, roommate. Yeah, and my roommate is more brutal than I am. He won't just hit you or stab you. He will then twist the blade as well. So, just fair yeah, warning. But he'll choose which weapon to use first. Yeah, he'll give you the opportunity to get the weapon. While he's choosing 3,222 different weapons that is uh, scattered about his oddly specific number, yeah, but okay. Uh, it's an exaggeratorial Too odd of a number to not have actually counted. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a sword and knife collector, so he's huh? got a lot. He's, he's really yeah. a gun. He, 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 yeah, he doesn't have... But, yeah. I have, anyway, like, three swords and... Guys, Unfortunately, it's getting to be about on the time limit for at least I think us two because uh, I unfortunately have to uh, brave this terrible weather in the morning because I was uh, I called in its bone in me. I decided to volunteer to work four hours in the morning. Hey, that's your problem. I'm doubling doubling tomorrow, so what's your excuse? What? I'm doubling tomorrow. Where are you working? Uh, Mozilla. Oh, yes, you work for, yeah. And What's my excuse? There was one guy at my work who needed to go to a union meeting, and he 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 was complaining about having to work four extra. Oh boo! I know. Hours. <laughs> oh god! I get overtime. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Although, who knows if uh, hopefully Jonathan will make it because I can go to my next site. I did tell my site that there's always that one chance my the second site I'm going to. Yeah, if the weather gets crappy between now and the morning, it, is how it already is. If you look out the window here, when rain mixed, like I'm even on the fence about going in in the morning just because. Yeah, the snow hasn't made it here yet. It's not cold enough. I figure by two in the morning yeah. is when it, the snow might start falling. It's rain snow mixed over here, but that's not terrible for anybody local. We live in the Troutdale area. Yeah. 
So we are always the first ones to get the the proverbial shit. I, I heard downtown area is supposed to get it closer, like to midnight, maybe a little before, like eleven thirty or so. Yeah. We are the last. Downtown Portland is the last people to get anything because we're at the bottom of the bowl. And I always tell people, if you see snow, it means it sucks everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll call that the end of the very first. <laughs> Segway, and I hope you all had fun trying to keep up with uh, verbal nonsense. Uh, <laughs> it was good rambling with you. Yeah, and uh, we tried to make it fun and funny and and insightful. So uh, we'll hopefully keep this all up, and producer Ryan can tell us where you can find us. All right, you can find the Segway files on anchor.fm forward slash Ryan Corpse Radio, as we've always um, kept our uh, site up and running. Um, we no longer have a website, so you can find us on social media at Rotten Corpse Radio. Um, you will also be able to find us um, at Segway files on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So um, check us out there and... Hopefully you continue to tune in every single month. Uh, we'll be offering a new episode um, that will be airing for the whole month of, or for that whole month. And uh, we got some new exciting stuff coming from the Casket Cast as well. Uh, we'll be doing a review on our thoughts of the new trailer for the new Child's Play film, as well as doing a review for. There's an actual trailer for that out now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, exists. Um, yeah, aside from the teaser trailer, that kind of feels like a RoboCop uh, promo. Um, the Child's Play, uh, <laughs> the new Child's Play uh, trailer is out. Um, we'll also be doing a review of Happy Death Day to you, as well as uh, Happy Death Day. So it'll be a double, a double movie review uh, for that. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.